Well, it's time for In the Chains, the UK-based podcast for amateur disc golfers. Get ready for course reviews, disc reviews, and the latest news and updates from the disc golf world. Your hosts will also talk about their own progression and have a lot of fun along the way. And now, here they are, two Brits and one Yang. Let's get started. Welcome to a brand new episode of In The Chains. We are your amateur disc golf podcast bringing you the latest from the disc golf world, including news, interviews, and some crazy topics, all while taking the piss out of each other. My name is Dennis, and I'm your favorite American, and with me as always are my two favorite Brits, the tiki to my masala, Bowen and Duffy. What's good, boys? What? What was that? The tiki to my masala. You know, like your chicken tiki masala that you get from the little red dish with the rice that you get at the Indian place? Have you ever had a tiki masala, Bowen? I don't know what you're on about. I'm not a... I, for a start, I like spicy food. I would never have anything as bland as a chicken tikka masala. No, the tiki masala with the, with the little candle that you wear at... The hulu. I was going to say, do you wear one of them Hawaiian dresses as well when you eat it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I know it's tikka masala, but I just call it a tiki masala because I like screwing with the English. Good joke, Dennis. Yeah, top joke again. Thanks, man. <laughs> it gets better and better. Am I getting better with these? <laughs> I think you're regressing more than anything. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, am I dumbing it down for the audience? I'm just kidding. Uh, please don't. Stop the podcast. Keep listening to us. I will be funnier. I promise. We're, we're working on him beyond the scenes. <laughs> the, yeah. I'm, I'm learning how to take the piss. Uh, anyways, um, so we have another great episode for everybody today. You may have thought that we were just a one-trick pony, but guess what? We did it again. We have another great episode coming your way. This week, we were lucky enough to catch up and chat with Canada's own Thomas Gilbert from Team Prodigy. Thomas sat down with us and we talked about his rise as a young phenom and the lessons he learned all the way to his switch over to Prodigy and what he does to prepare for the season. But before we get into that, we will also tell you what's happened this week in the disc golf world uh, in Bowen's news section. But before we get into the news, I have a little surprise for the boys. So recently, I started to dye discs just like everybody else in the community. Um, however, I made Duffy and Bowen something special, so we're going to actually have a live unboxing because they've never seen these discs. So here we go. Duffy, why don't you open your box first? We're pretty, we're pretty excited here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, we, we didn't know anything about it. We received this box today and I'm thinking, I haven't ordered a disc for a change. Uh, <laughs> and uh, So I put it in the group, obviously, and Dennis said, yeah, 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 I've, I've sent it. So we haven't, we haven't seen them, so we're just going to open them now. I know it doesn't make for great uh, audio listening, but right, okay, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll post some pictures on the Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. You guys will see these. Right, so I'm opening it up. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty good. So it's a, what what disc is it? Is it is it an Elastitude Explorer, Dennis? That is what it is. It's an Explorer. Yeah. Uh, white, red and, red and yellow uh sort of starburst dye type thing with a, a black liver bird in it uh which obviously makes this probably one of the best discs in the world and in europe not not this specific moment in time but uh, <laughs> talking six weeks ago but uh yeah that's pr- pretty cool mate i really like that love it it looks the dye looks wonderful 
but the subject is a complete crock of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than the Spurs one I'm going to make myself. I'm not too keen on the Pratt holding it up either. <laughs> <laughs> no one would, no one would ever request a Birmingham City one. They're that terrible. That's my team, anyway. Uh, so Bowen, what what did you get? Why don't you open yours up? Oh, okay, let's have a look. Right, what on earth have I got in here? So I've got the one that I knew about, and I've been watching Cobra Kai, so I'm well into that. So I've got a Miyagi-Do one. I've got the Karate Kid, and I've got Mr. Miyagi, and then I've got the uh, Bonsai Tree. It looks... And it's on a it's on a stalker, a discraft stalker. Oh my god, it looks amazing! Like I hold it up. Yeah, that, that looks looks banging. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. But this isn't about me. There's another surprise in the box. So I want both of you guys to reach in right now. There's another disc in there for you guys. Before you guys pull them out, before you say anything and pull them out, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to my boy from Team Ace Disc Golf. Mr. Max Humphreys. I contacted him because I knew that he was doing some special dies, and I had him make um, make these for you guys. He did an outstanding, outstanding job uh, with these dies. If you, we're gonna put a picture of everything. If you guys want to see uh, what he did, check out our Instagram and our social media. If you want him to make a disc for you, hit him up uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, but yeah, Max. Max is doing some special things. All right, boys. What? What did? What did? What did Max make you guys? I haven't flipped it over yet. Wow, that is absolutely epic. Yeah, it's very good. I hope have you got one as well, Dennis? I do have one. Thank you, Max. He's done it in the chains disc, and it looks, looks really special. It, doesn't it looks really good. Yeah. All right, that's all the love that I can give Max. Max is my flipping nemesis, and, and I hope that he burns in hell but uh he did really good work for you guys yeah thank you max it's it's proper nice yeah that that i can't wait to put those up on uh on social media for people to look at because they are they are phenomenal both of them exactly they're they're banging and uh i'm not gonna throw mine mine's going up on the wall i will never throw it so uh you two have excelled yourselves there i have to say what's more they've uh it's been the set the in the chains one's been put on the best disc uh, company's disc uh, MVP. What, what, so um, well, well. Funnily enough, it's not. It's an axiom. But well, no, mine's MVP. So oh, I'll let you off. So I'll screw you. Off. you. <laughs> Oh, wow, we we have another elitist in in, in the in the group who's uh, moving to for, away from a mixed bag to an actual company. I feel like I'm slowly getting that way. I I text I text uh, the group on um, a couple of days ago, wasn't it? And I said I really feel like I might be moving over to completing my whole bag with mvp discs i just really like the feel of them you know if it works if it works for james conrad it should work for you i mean you're just as good well yeah yeah and I've got slightly shorter hair but and, and and body and beard yeah yeah sorry i was about to say i have to say you've annoyed me dennis because i was really looking forward to throwing this stalker and now so throw I'm it. Not, a, I'm a not going to be able to. A disc is meant to be thrown. I throw my, the disc that I have died for myself, uh, I've been throwing. Um, and if you guys, if you guys want to see the other discs that I have died, I will ask permission from Duffy to post it on our social media. Um, 
uh, I, I throw them in. This are meant to be thrown, and if it messes up, I can always make you another one. Uh, but it's not like, so when you dye a disc, it's not like this is painted on. These are dyed. The plastic is actually dyed. So uh, it's going to be there for forever and ever, as long as you don't lose the disc. They're too, they're too beautiful to scoff. I'm thinking they, they, they might be dyed into the plastic and they'll be there forever, but it doesn't matter if it's at the bottom of the bloody Avon River, does it? <laughs> that, that's true. Well, just don't just don't throw it near any water. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed uh, Thank you, Dennis. Well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed what I did, but it actually means a lot more that you guys really enjoy what Max did because uh, I think that kid is going places. Those are some beautiful discs. Um, Max, you're the man. I, I know you're listening. I think they're, I think they're both, both really good, and I, I really appreciate what you've done and uh, and what Max has done, Dennis. I'm, str- I'm struggling for words, and it's not often that... I'm struggling for words. Awesome. I I appreciate that, bud. And uh, I'm sure Max does as well. Uh, But that's enough of this sentimental bullshit. Let's move on. Uh, Let us know what you think. Uh, Praise Max. Scold me. Whatever you want. If you like him uh, and you want Max to do you guys a disc, hit him up. Uh, I have a weird taste. If you want me to do a disc, you'll get something that's crazy like a serial killer or uh, a Ninja Turtle or something like that. Anyways, right, let's move to the news. Uh, so, before, yeah, let's move to the news. Bowen, what you got? What happened this week? Right, so, week seven news. Uh, there's a new company, UK-based company, that's just recently launched their website, and they're called Home One. They're set up, they, this was set up by Andrew, and the idea came to him in late 2019, but he only started the company in December 2020. The, the sort of thing that they sell all kinds of merch, in, merchandise, including hoodies, T-shirts, hats, face masks. I've seen on Instagram today that they've actually just launched a load of new T-shirts. Uh, they, they also supply disc dimes, tools, templates for regular people who aren't Dennis or Max. All right, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Time out, time out, time out. So, so the, these guys are doing T-shirts. I wear shirts. They're doing... Disc dyeing stuff? Well, we just learned that I dye discs. Um, so is their website up and running? Like, are they are they good to go? Can we can we go on there and start buying stuff? They're good to go. And it, the website is www.whole1.co.uk. They also have Facebook, Insta, and YouTube. So you can go on there and find it all. So they also... Oh, sorry, go on, Duff. So, with the hoodies, t-shirts, and stuff like that, is that their own designs, is it, or...? Yeah, yeah, I saw a nice one that, like, that looks like the Adidas badge today, so they do some nice stuff on there. You mean Adidas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, yeah you said, yeah, yeah I got you. I, I got you good, yeah. sucker! Yeah, 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 here we go, here we go. How, since when has the news just turned into a shambles? It's meant to be professional. And it's just turning into a joke. I, I no no no. You do such a good job. This is definitely <laughs> not. Yes, we make jokes. However, uh, the news is our best segment. Haven't you learned that by now? Oh, I wouldn't say that. Bloody hell, I'm in charge of it. But no, I, uh, I, I wouldn't say that either. Yeah, exactly. They also they also have other. They can they offer stuff for course owners and and they offer course signage, tea signs. They can also produce merchandise for courses. And organises a tournament, so it offers like streams of revenue to to course owners that they might not have had. Like it seems like a nice little setup. 
They did a thing a few weeks ago where if you shared like their info on your uh, social media, so you got some free stickers. So I've got a couple of free stickers. It seems like a nice little company. Wait a second. You got stickers and you didn't tell us about this until now? Oh, I don't. You've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? Hey, you, you've you, got are, to... you are just selfish. Oh, here we go, here we go. I'm not, I'm not, but... That, that sticker you sent me, Bowen, is a nice sticker as well. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're a Right, uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> it was Ace Disgolf's second birthday this week, so congratulations to them. Like, ha- happy birthday, Ace. Yeah, they look like they're doing really, really well. Like, so everything, every, like, they're a great company. This is just turning into a plug for everyone. But we're, yeah. we're just plugging everybody. Exactly, exactly. Send us a message and we'll plug your house up for a deal. I did. I did see on on Ace Disc's uh, YouTube channel that they were uh, they had some big announcement or something coming soon. It said, uh, and I mean, I don't think they. I mean, you you probably know more than me, Dave, but I don't think they've released details of what that is yet. No, not yet. I'm I'm in the dark, <laughs> so to say. With I was gonna say it's something to do with glow, isn't it? It it looks like glow. Um, if I'm gonna take an educated guess, I'm gonna talk about custom stamps. I, I that's my that's my official uh, guess is they have found a way to stamp discs, and they're gonna have ace uh, ace stamp discs. So that's what I think. Um, nice. But either way, those guys are doing big things. I speaking of their YouTube channel. Uh, Trick Shot Wednesday is like my favorite thing ever. Nice, nice. Well done, Ace. Right, uh, the European Disc Golf Championships I want to talk about now. Also, actual news. This is actual <laughs> news now. Yeah, this is it. So, uh, from the 9th to the 15th of August, uh, 2021 this year, that's when it's running. It's going to be held in, now, hang far with me here, Konopiste. I'm guessing it is in the Czech Republic. It's quite a hard one, like, to pronounce. But this is a p- postponed tournament from 2020. And Can the I... team was... Su- oh, sorry, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a course Vanessa was on about last week in the interview. Is that the same one? Yeah, kind of peachy. Yeah, she said, she said that was her favourite course in the world. Sure, there you go. So it's got to be a good so, course. So, you know, if our girl Vanessa likes it... <laughs> friend of the show Vanessa <laughs> friend of the show exactly so yeah kind of Pete she called it so we're going to roll with that like it's a postponed 2020 tournament and the team was selected last year like so it was it's a hard way for them for them to select players it comes down to how many rated players you've got how many members of the I don't know if it's BDGA or PDGA but how many members each country has, so you get a select number of places for how many people are playing. So I've got the team now. It's all been released, and it's all good to go. So you've got Charlie Mead in the MP65, Derek in M- Derek Robbins in MP60. He's also the team captain. Steve Cox in MP50, James Luton and Charlie O'Brien in the MPO, Sean Lee in the FPO. Ian McDougall in the MP40, Chris O'Brien in the MP40, Noah Smithson and Joe O'Brien in the M- in the MJ19. Now, what strikes it here is what sticks out for me is there's three O'Briens in the team. Like I don't know, do they just come out of the woodwork for tournaments? I don't know. 
A really big family of O'Briens, this golfing family. <laughs> yeah. It correct me if I'm wrong, I think they had to do with Catch the Spirit. Is that the name of the is that the name of the company? I have a feeling that that's that's their bag, so they're well known in the disc disc golf world. So they are actually a family? Yeah, they are. I think oh. so. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I, I don't know who they are. I've never met the guys. Um you know whose name I didn't hear on that list? Who's that? Thomas Bowen. Oh, yeah, I turned them down, so it's just one of them. Like, it, I, couldn't fit it, I couldn't fit it around my busy schedule. Yeah, meaning he asked his missus and she said no. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> but uh, my insider in the team says that Derek has a great chance of doing well. Charlie Mead has a great chance. And he thinks that Noah and Joe in the uh, juniors have a great chance but he also told me that some of the Finnish juniors are insanely good. I think Finnish players in general are just insanely good. It's like they have nothing else to do. I think they are, yeah. Uh, it's also a big note. One of your fellow sort of compatriots is playing in it, Dennis. Simon Lazat's playing. But this just depends on like whether you're American today or German today. Like We, we can never tell, really. Um, it, it it depends if I'm trying to uh, uh, take over the world or just dominate. Either way, I'm always American-German. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to... Right, this is a combined effort. So thanks to Derek, Sam, Paul and James for the info about all of that. So it, I've been speaking to a lot of people about this. So, 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 so basically, if we just gave information that's not supposed to be given... People be mad at those names instead of us. Well, no, they can they could be mad at Bowen. It makes makes no difference to me. Oh yeah, here we go. True, like, true. We're a team here. There's no I in team, mate. Yeah, Not but the, but team. there is a me, and I'm looking out for myself. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> right, the All Star tournament was on at the weekend, and did you lads manage to watch any of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, um, I we we together went in on a Disc Golf Network subscription. Uh, so it was my first time actually watching a live event through the network. And uh, yeah, uh, it was fun to watch. It was close. It was great golf all all around. It was a great weekend. Uh, I have my own thoughts about the coverage. Just say what they are then. Put Don't pussyfoot around. It's like, tell, say what you think. Hot take, Dennis. Oh, okay. So hot, t- hot take, Dennis. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so the coverage was garbage. The commentary was not that great. Uh, I, I remember watching it the the first day on Saturday, and somebody went to go throw, and right as the disc released, the cameraman looked at his feet, and the network never changed to, to the other camera. I can't help but laugh over that, because you were fuming Saturday night about that. Oh, I, was, I was pissed, because like, <laughs> you know, we're paying money to watch this. And I'm, yes, I understand it's not going to be CBS, the Masters quality, uh, however, Disc Golf Network has been around a couple of years. They should know how to do this. My view on it was the, sat- the Saturday was was not very good. I I do agree with that. But I thought I thought they did a better job on the Sunday. Uh, personally, I thought they just didn't show enough shots on the on the Saturday. No, like I, we missed uh, the the first card for like Eagles and Ricky's card. Never could see what they were throwing. We're missing the girls at a point. Like everybody just wanted to see Paul Macbeth and his card, and I get that. However, it was four cards. It was four, you know, four sets of four out there playing. You can have a camera on every hole. I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have missed a single shot. Uh, so I was pretty pretty upset. Um, 
about that. And then the commentary, I guess maybe I'm just spoiled with Big Germ and Yuli and Nate Sexton. I didn't think the commentary was all that great. Plus, there was such a there was a hot mic on Saturday where like they got done with the broadcast, the screen went blank, and you could hear. I want to say it was uh, Terry was the guy's name. He's like, "Oh, that was the worst outro I've ever done." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like outro. <laughs> like your, your your mic is still on. Like shut the hell up. Like what are you doing? Remind, remind me to turn wow. the mics off after uh, when we finish recording. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> anyway, so th- those are my thoughts about the coverage now. I will give it another chance uh, because this was All-Star Weekend. It was a new format. Maybe the network just wasn't ready for it. Next week, I'll watch the Las Vegas Challenge live uh, to see how that goes. But I really want my Jomez back. Uh, I love Jomez coverage, GK Pro, Gatekeeper, all those guys. The post-production stuff is really good. Um, So if you can watch it live, do that. If not, definitely uh, watch the post-coverage. But anyways... Let's uh, b- bone finish the news. Well, Who well, won the tournament? I, I was going to say, I think that's, I know we're going into hot <coughs> take rounds here. I think that's the thing. We are spoiled with post production where they can edit out all the crap that happens live. It is it is a small thing. It's, it is a small, like, sort of sport at the moment. Until big networks get in and professionalise it a bit more, it's not going to be great, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's always it's always going to be harder to do uh, to do live stuff uh, than what what it is to be able to edit post production. Yeah, but the but the thing is, like disc golf is at at a advantage because they can just follow ball golf and copy what ball golf does coverage wise. But I I think the money's not there. I think the more people that pay the money for the for it, the the better the product will be. Yeah, I I guess, but but if you get if you make a better product, then more people are going to come and buy it. Yeah. Um, but but likewise, you need to have more people to to make the product. But I get it. You know, some stuff was missing. I would have loved to known what the golfers were throwing. Uh, you know, it's tough. I I get that a uh, a reporter on the card can't ask the the actual golfers because that would you know interfere with their game plan however everybody had caddies out there so ask the caddy hey man you know ask hannah hey what what did what did paul just throw or you know take a take a look you, you can find a way to do it because again there's another sport where it happens the correct way yeah. and disc golf should just copy it uh but enough of that let's let's move on so uh i'm not going to steal your thunder bowen the men's winner was paul Macbeth. Like everyone knows who he is. The women's winner was Kona pa- uh Kona Panis. Now, she had a pretty special shot. Did you see that forehand that she got into that she threw straight into the basket? Yeah, the forehand on the pen- onto the uh, basket in the peninsula. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. And even Paul uh Paul Macbeth won in a, in a playoff. Yeah, he right? won in a playoff. So, yeah. So um, very good finish. He and I, I saw a bunch of um, practice rounds that he was doing on YouTube on a whole bunch of different channels. Yeah, and he was practicing that shot all week, and finally, he laid it out perfect. Got that disc right underneath the basket. Amazing finish. Um, but again, Calvin Heimberg did really good at the end there. Calvin Heimberg, he had it. Uh, messed up on a putt, and then that, I I didn't think he was going to get the comeback putt because <laughs> that that was that was a decent effort. I mean, he made it look easy. Yeah, but under the pressure yeah. as well is is a decent putt just to take it back to the playoff. I think that's where Paul shines is his mental game. His mental game, right? If you give him room, oh, he's he's going to tear you up. But also, that's his experience on the tour where Calvin has been on there for a few years. 
However, he's still somewhat new. But I think Calvin seems so consistent, it's unreal. Like, so he must be fairly chilled out. Uh, dude looks like he's like, in, a, in, a, in a coma. Yeah, he's come. He's he smoked so much weed before the tournament that he's just like. Can I, can nothing, I say nothing phases that kid? That's um, allegedly smoked so much weed before a tournament. Yes. Yes, allegedly. We are a professional sport. We don't do those kinds of things. And we haven't got solicitors to back us up. You just said we like uh, you're on the tour. I'm podcasting full time now. I'm professional. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bowen, again, thanks for the news. Uh, great job, as always. Some really interesting stuff out there. Uh, I got to say, I'm really excited about that uh, online shop. I'm definitely going to check them out after this podcast. Uh, right, okay, so now the moment that everybody's been waiting for, because you know they really don't want to listen to us. They want to see who we're interviewing. So this week we had a real treat. Uh, luckily, um, we were able to get Thomas Gilbert. He was in Arizona doing some practice rounds, getting ready for the upcoming season. So, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to us and the boys. And uh, you guys take it, away, take it away with our interview of Thomas Gilbert. Welcome, Thomas Gilbert, to In the Chains. Hey, Thomas, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, not a problem. It's, it's actually our pleasure. Uh, this, is, this is pretty wild for us, and so we're pretty excited. Uh, so tell us... I'm pretty sure everybody knows who you are, uh, but give us that like two minute rundown of, of, of who you are and, and uh, what you're up to right now. Yeah, so I'm a, a professional disc golfer out of Toronto, Canada, uh, one of the few touring pros from the Canadian scene. I started playing disc golf in 2016, uh, started playing with a few high school friends who showed me the game and then kind of just got into it really heavy from there, started playing in tournaments. Uh, early on and quickly moved from the advanced division to the pro division within my first year of playing. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of all went, went uphill from there, uh, quickly joined the tour, played a, my first event in the States um, in 2017. And then, uh, yeah, toured the last three years. So that's kind of the gist of my, uh, my story in disc golf. I've enjoyed it immensely, and I'm really looking forward to the future as well. Absolutely. Um, I uh, I happen to think not not to put you under any pressure, but I happen to think that you one of the uh, the biggest uh, younger prospects out there, and I, I think you've you've got a massive uh, can have a massive impact on uh, in, in disc golf. Um, I, I doing a bit of research for, for the interview. I was reading um, that you mentioned that you were taught good form early on. Uh, from a pro uh, mm-hmm. that, or, or local pro um, what just just for for my benefit really well and, and everybody listening what what key takeaway would you would you give what what's the what would be the key sort of piece of advice that you would take from from that that really helped you yeah so I mean the the main thing that um, the kind of coach had taught me early on was just about proper reach back and follow through so he, he kind of, cause he, he just was out on the course, um, the same day that I happened to be out there and he gave me a few pointers, like, Hey, make sure you're reaching back like this. Like, so you're reaching straight back, not like around your body or not curling up your arm all crazy. Cause that's, I came from ultimate a little bit as well from playing in middle school and early high school. And so I was just throwing it completely nose up into the air and, uh, just the common mistakes for an amateur player. So like getting that 
proper reach back and follow through to the shot really like was key on learning how to throw it like flat and straight from a really early on stage. And then all the field work that you do when you first started into the game was throwing those low flat shots instead of like these high shots that I would develop bad habits and just be frustrated with like what I'm doing. I, it, it, from a pretty early stage, I, I was throwing like how you're supposed to throw. So that, that was yeah. the big help that kind of got me that early push in the sport. From the time that you started that field work, how quickly did you see your progression and realize that, hey, I want to, you know, start playing tournaments and then advance um, in in your career and then finally decide to go pro? Like how, how quickly is that transition of being, I'm new to this, I'm, I'm throwing nose up and I'm bad to, yeah. holy shit, I can actually throw this thing and make it do what I want. Like how long of a time period was that for you? Um, I think that was about four months because... I played, uh, like I really, I started playing a little bit earlier, but then I, I, the winter came and kind of uh, paused everything for a while. And then in the early spring of 2016 is when I really, really picked up the sport. Uh, I was practicing every single day in the field and quickly was one of the farther throwers as well. So I joined a tournament actually in the MPO division because I didn't realize registrations are crazy uh, busy so they didn't have any spots left in uh, the am side and so I joined the open division and actually was shot like a 960 rated first round ever and was on chase card after the first round so I was like super pumped and excited to be in the sport and then like yeah I kind of just I, I knew I had potential everyone just because I, I was just this kid kind of like that no one has ever heard of signs up for the open division and like then doesn't actually do that it, it was a really interesting thing and everyone afterwards was like oh dude you gotta play more you gotta compete like you have an actual gift for the sport and so like i i took that and i practiced and i played more events at near the end of the year and did pretty well one i think three or so um tournaments in advanced and then moved to open at the beginning of the year in 2017. Wow. Okay. Um, well, what that, I, what that, I learned from that, that is we are way behind the curve. So but, I mean, after <laughs> nine months, I, I need to do some catch up. It's crazy because it put in so much time in those like first four months of playing. Like it was, it probably takes most people about two years to play as much as I did in those four months. Okay. Okay. I was, I was going to say when we turned up to our first tournament, nobody knew who we was. Uh, and then when, yeah. when we when we left, nobody knew who we was. <laughs> well, people still don't know who we are. But we're, we're getting closer. I, I mean, I guess it does help. What were you, 16, 17 years old, old at that time? Yeah, 16 so, years old. So still in high school? Mm-hmm. No job, no real responsibility? <laughs> no, no, it was pretty it, easy. Just had a, a job as a snowboard instructor in the winter and then oh, camp nice. counselor in the summer. But That, that sounds quickly... like the perfect oh. life. Life yeah, is so, oh, yeah. so it, it tough nice. for Thomas Gilbert. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so, Thomas, can you tell us a bit about the Canadian scene? Like, what's Canadian disc golf like and the many courses? And like, what's it like? Mm-hmm. Do you think um, it's different so... than American disc golf? Well, I, I, I would say know. it's like a scaled down version of American disc golf. So, I mean, we are, we have probably about six courses that are like not a terrible long driveway. Like some, the outer ones are probably about an hour or so away. Um, so, I mean, pretty good uh, versatility of courses to play, especially nowadays 
there seems to be courses going in the ground, like maybe three to five courses, new courses going in each year in the area. So it, it's really, really picking up quickly. And I would say the scene is pretty competitive. Like when I first joined in, there was only 1000 rated pro, I think in almost all of Canada. And now I think we have about four or five in the area. So it's like the scene is really picked up like a pro you could, you could be a 930 rated player and just do just fine in the pro division. Like you could still cash, but now I would say that's moved up to around 970, kind of wow. like the, what the level it's supposed to be at. So that's really good to see. Okay. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's kind of like here in the UK over the last few years, uh, the sports really picked up mm-hmm. the COVID and all the lockdowns and the pandemic has really kind of brought exposure yeah. to the sport as well and, and helped it. Um, do you kind of see that going on, um, not just in Canada, but in the States and everywhere that you play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, a huge uh, piece of like the ultimate scene jumped onto disc golf when they weren't really allowed to play anymore. I think we probably had maybe like one or 2000 players join from the ultimate scene. So it, w- it was really crazy. Like there's, there's these new courses that had opened up in Toronto. And almost all the players um, are brand new to the sport, have never really played before other than just like tossing around a Frisbee. And so they really enjoy that and have picked up really quickly. And it's, it's nice to see that big boom of new players from COVID. We, um, we're starting to see that sort of over here. We noticed that there's tons of ultimate, ultimate Frisbee players coming into mm-hmm. disc golf uh, over here, um, all on the back of uh, Brody Smith. Uh, yeah. Just changing the subject slightly, um, moving from uh, Innova to, to Prodigy, um, mm-hmm. obviously it's, it's a big step in your career. I'll just, my, my concern from, from an amateur perspective, obviously not, not knowing as much as you, obviously yourself, is how, how concerned are you that you're not going to take to the discs? Um, is, is, is it a massive, or do you feel like you would be able to play with almost any brand of discs as long as you've got sort of the right flight characteristics yeah i mean i I have a a full prodigy bag of discs i've been playing with for probably the last two months or so i'm very comfortable with them right now i just finished up a round at fountain hills um earlier today and and played just as good as i was last year if not even a little bit better just because my skill level has improved but it's just learning the stability of each disc kind of what lines to throw it on there's honestly some new shots that I'm not even, I wasn't even really throwing with um, Innova last year, just because the discs have slightly different flight characteristics, but like, it's, it's really cool. Honestly, it's, it's a bit of a change. And it's just, once you get over that hump of like, okay, these discs aren't going to fly exactly the same as my old discs, and I'm not going to be able to throw them exact same way. Once you get over that hump, then it's, it's really pretty easy for, I think any kind of pro to transition their bag over, uh, to a new company do you do you sort of get a chance before you sign to sample a few discs from Prodigy or is it just going in blind and you sort of got to go along with it and practice with the new disc do you do you like get do, you, do they give you a few and just say have a go with these see what you think um so like when they had approached me uh back in early December they they have a, a factory down or not a factory but a warehouse um in Toronto so I was able to kind of go and, and see some of the discs as well. But also, I'm such a versed player in the sport that, like, 
I'm one of those guys that throws every player's discs. Like I'll, I'll just reach into Eric Oakley's bag or Seppo's bag or Kevin's bag or whoever and just be like, oh, that feels nice. This feels good. How does it fly? Like and I'm observing how the way that they're throwing their discs and kind of relating them to how my discs fly with Innova. It's like, okay, that does that, that does that. And so like really I, I feel like I have a good understanding of how, of what discs I would want to transition to almost with any company. And so that really the transition wasn't that difficult to kind of like know what I wanted. I didn't really have to like feel out discs. I knew exactly what discs I wanted to transition to when I moved to Prodigy and it was just getting my hands on them, which was the only tricky part. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure with, with everything going on, companies just aren't producing as much as they have in the years past. So it's hard to find. Uh, Mm -hmm. last year or last year, last week, we asked Vanessa, you know, does she ever get jealous and want to play and throw other people's discs, you know, her friends and stuff. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. Is is it the same for you? Like you just said that you'll reach into Kevin's bag and you'll throw something of his or Eric's. Um, but do you ever like see, like say the new cloud breaker, um, and be like, man, I really want to throw that. Like, do you go out and throw those and just kind of like keep it on the down low? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of players will just like test out each other's discs for fun. Like if you're playing a practice round and um, you throw some crazy shot, like it's pretty normal, I would say, to kind of just be like, oh, hey, how does this fly in comparison to what I'm throwing? Okay. Like you threw it on a line that that looks pretty interesting and it did an interesting flight. I want to kind of see and try that out as well. And, and I'm not sure if all the pros on tour do that as much as I do, because I really am like fascinated by all the flights of the different discs that are manufactured in the sport. So, I mean, like definitely the tilts, for example, is a disc that I, I love to try out. Like that disc looks so interesting with all the types of things that it can do. And it's like, yeah, I, I can't throw that as a company, but I'm definitely interested in like that crazy type of flight mm-hmm. and maybe try to like suggest it to Prodigy to make a disc for the future or just kind of something to understand all the crazy hype around it have you have you actually tried it yet yes i was actually one of the few players that um field tested it at uscgc last year when simon had just the test run of them so yeah i had had a little bit of fun out there and and threw it around when it was back in that um like orange i forget what it's like neo plastic from latitude but yeah yeah. it was a fun disc it 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 looks fun it definitely looks too beefy for any of us like it's not going to do anything that we want it to do but it no it, it's i mean honestly for the touring pros as well like i i saw 85 mile an hour shot that went 250 feet so it's like it's not really a disc yeah, that it's, anybody it's, well, it, can really throw but it, right. it's definitely a cool utility disc to like skip around corners throw grenade type shots okay. like all sorts of utility stuff like that which there, there is a need for that in people's bags. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of discs, speaking of Prodigy, does Prodigy have any plans for a Thomas Gilbert Tour Series disc? Is that in the works? Yep, yep, that is in the works. It is, it'll come out in hopefully in the early spring. Uh, yeah, we've had some good discussions on what kind of molds I, I want to have for my Tour Series disc and Signature Series. And I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I'm uh, anxiously awaiting the release date. Perfect. I, I think uh, everybody is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can, can you tell yeah. us, is it a distance driver? It's got to be, surely. 
gotta be. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a distance. Okay, <laughs> all right, cool, perfect. Perfect. I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, my my next question was gonna be, um, obviously from last year when in Vegas, uh, winning the uh, the distance uh, challenge. Just, again, it's another advice question. I mean, I, I think me me and Dennis uh, throw our sort of distance drives about 300 feet maybe just a touch more if, if, if it, with a decent throw which is obviously pales in comparison to uh, what you would <laughs> the, the 660 odd feet that you threw um what, yeah. what what advice would you give to noodle arms such as ourselves on on sort of getting a bit more distance out of, out of the shot mm-hmm. it's definitely it's it's a, i would say 90 percent technique and then 10 percent like genetics so like i, yeah. I definitely have a a better body frame to be able to throw a bit further but it, it's basically the same thing it's as just getting the timing down getting the uh power properly translated through your body to have as much of it on the disc when it comes out of your hand as possible so like proper hip rotation torso rotation reach back follow through all those things are very important and key in the shot to try to get as much power into the shot um without losing it throughout the throw. Cause I think any mistiming in, in those steps will result in a shorter throw. And if you aren't doing the movements as smoothly, then it's also lost power. So I think it really is mostly technique and just kind of learning how to transition the power clean through the body. And then after that, it's, it's just a little bit of genetics, but I think anybody should be able to throw over 400 feet if they, if they have good technique. Uh, speaking of the Las Vegas challenge, uh, the, the new season starting soon. I, I think everybody's kind of around, uh, like you said, Fox Hill in Arizona, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. right now, and you guys are all starting to get ready for uh, the, the new season. What sort of pre-tournament routines do you have? And, and what do you do to get ready for uh, not just a tournament, but an entire season? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a lot of kind of game planning, especially uh, before the events. It's kind of developing this um, this game plan in your head of how you want to attack a course each weekend. And honestly, some of that starts like weeks, even up to like months out before an event. Like I've been thinking about what I'm going to be doing at Las Vegas Challenge Memorial and Waco for probably about the past two months of like what discs I want to throw with my game plan to attack these holes, watching coverage and sort of doing like that. And then once I get to the courses, then it's just trying to play out those game plans and see which ones work the best, have the highest percentages to attack and get the lowest score possible. So really it's, it's game planning beforehand, uh, knowing what you're going to do on the course, testing out what you're going to do, and then executing that in the tournament. Obviously the hardest step is executing that in the tournament. It's, Easy, you can shoot a perfect 18 down in your head, but it's it's putting it and doing it on the course, which is the tricky part. But the more you game plan, the more you can just stick to that and rely on that. It's going to be easier to kind of execute that game plan in the real event. Now, would you pass that information on to all players, You know, even amateurs playing their first tournaments or going out even just for a casual round is to just kind of have some numbers in your mind and a game plan and try to stick to it as much as possible? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, I mean, I try to do it for majority of courses I play, and it's not necessarily like a number I want to shoot. It's like if I watch a coverage of a tournament and I'm looking to what I want to do on that course, I will look at landing zones. I will look at um, 
like a forehand line versus a backhand line, what's going to be higher risk for out of bounds, and then kind of um, determine that and then go and throw those shots on the course and see the best the best shot for the, the highest percentage of a birdie. So like there's definitely different ways to attack these holes out here. Uh, I'm sure you see it all the time with different players, but which, which of those will be the best for you is kind of what I try to determine uh, before the event. Uh, talking about Las Vegas coming up, uh, it's hard to like set sorts of goals, but what is your goal for the tournament? Like your best finish is 15th. I know it relies heavily on what the other people are doing, but what are you looking to do? And going further ahead, what are your goals for the rest of the season and further on from that as well? Yeah, so, I mean, Vegas is a, is a great tournament for me. The kind of courses, longer uh, hole set up well for my game. So I, I would, I'm not expecting anything because I think having too high expectations can – um, put extra pressure that's not really necessary but I I definitely feel like I can manage a, a top 10 at Vegas or even make a run for the title nice. it's just about yeah executing that game plan during the event and um, having a good weekend so I definitely think that top 10 is, is in the cards for me and I kind of hope um, uh, several times this year that I will hopefully be near the top 10 of events in the top 20 I mean I think coming top 25 at, at all the events on tour this year is a big goal of mine and just averaging out to that because it's, it is kind of managing that weekend and trying to be a more consistent player. Cause I can definitely pop off um, at a few events and like get in the top 10 and the top 20. But then there was some events last year where I was in like around 30 or 40 and that those are the kind of tournaments that I want to try to eliminate and have a consistent like 10, 25, 10, 30, rated event and also just like at the good events averaging up to 1050. Nice, nice. Oh, very cool. Um and another thing that I'd I'd like to ask is um mm-hmm. I, I, I see I, it was I think it was on the same interview uh, you were talking about obviously when when you start out touring it's quite difficult to to fund <laughs> to fund all the traveling uh on if you if you're not winning tournaments and without sort of big sponsorships it's quite difficult and you you said that you reduce the cost by sort of buddying up with people and uh, sort mm-hmm. of sharing rooms and things like that is it is there a one person that you sort of go to to share rooms or is it sort of do, do, do you mix and match or is it if you've got a room buddy something? yeah um so in, in the past years for sure i've definitely mixed and matched um a fair bit. I mean, last year I was uh, traveling with AJ Risley a little bit before he got injured. And then uh, he had to go home, unfortunately, due to his yeah, wrist injury. So I, I joined up with a bunch of different pros just to drop a few names, like Kyle Klein, Calvin Heinberg, Eagle McMahon, uh, Eric Oakley, like a bunch of pros. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I mean the disc golf community is so good. Usually you can you can find your way around um pretty easily. So I mean it's a great kind of feeling to know that you have that that support group on tour even with your own fellow competitors. Yeah. Um but this year I will be traveling a little bit more with uh one of the camera guys for Parse Productions. He's he's taking the leap and going to be touring a bunch this year. He's 
he's excited to do it. So Joey Tamale is going to be my touring partner for this first part of the season until, uh, yeah, pretty much until he, he runs out of, out of money. He said he just wants <laughs> to hit the road and, and see how it goes. And I'm really excited to kind of see how he plays this year. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. So that brings me to my next question. Uh, what's it like being a young pro getting to travel around the country uh, you know, during the season, most of us, all we see is the footage either on YouTube or on the disc golf network. Uh, what goes on when the cameras aren't rolling? I mean, do, do the top pros go out and hang out after a tournament or once everything is done, does everybody just get in their cars and kind of drive off to the next location? Um, I mean, it'll depend, I guess, on, on the, the weekends. I mean, sometimes, yeah, like definitely there, there's big groups of touring pros. Like if they're traveling together, they'll go out to, a dinner or maybe they'll go do a fun activity together um like while traveling to a next location they might stop and do some touristy things on the way uh but I, I would say for the most part just of how tight the tourist schedule is sometimes it literally can be okay i finished the tournament on sunday packing up sunday night leaving early monday morning to drive to the next event because you'll have to practice two courses and only have three days to do so okay. so it can be really tight in some t- times of the year but then yeah, there's definitely um, times as well where everyone's hanging out, having a good time, and just enjoying the tour life a little bit more. Okay, so every once in a while, you guys have that big rager where everybody gets together. Uh, has, yeah, ha- I, would, I wouldn't say rager, but yeah. Well, okay, all right. So you guys, you, guys, you guys are pro athletes. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you guys do like to have fun, and, and for the most part, you guys are all friendly with each other and do hang out mm-hmm. when you're not on, on TV. Yeah. Oh, Awesome. So, so when you're practicing courses before a tournament, do you have a set mm-hmm. group of people you like to play with, or do you like to mix it up? Is it a good laugh? Is it is it competitive? What's the sort of vibe when you're practicing? Um, I would say it's pretty relaxed. I mean, everyone's just kind of trying to execute their shots or like trying to playing off each other's shots as well. Like I, I like playing with. I usually like playing with pros that are better than me if possible, uh, just because that's how you get better. You see these lines that these guys are taking. So I really like playing with uh, guys like Eagle and Calvin and Paul and Rick. Uh, they're a lot of fun to play with. And they, they have these, these amazing shots that you can kind of learn from and follow in the future. And it, it's definitely a, a big opportunity to be able to play with these guys and kind of get some, ideas from them because it, it really has helped out my game and like my understanding of what it, it takes to be at their level and the kind of consistency in the shot selection that they have that gets them to that level and so I, I definitely like to jump on that opportunity whenever I can during practice rounds well well we were all saying earlier that we think you're down to be like a future world champion anyway so we think like you're good enough to <laughs> yeah, that, that, I hope so. How about that glowing recommendation from Bone? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Thomas, we got one last question for you. Um, so again, we're talking about the tour, and, and you guys travel for a large majority of the year, uh, especially the top pros. Um, does that start to wear on you mentally and physically? And, and if it does, how do you guys combat the physical and mental fatigue? Uh, from playing week in and week out yeah it's definitely a grind out on tour Uh, you'll hear that from a lot of players it it definitely can be uh, physically and especially mentally taxing 
on players going weekend after weekend after weekend, playing these high level events with all this pressure and prestige. And if you're, you're battling, roughing it out every single weekend, you, there is uh, definitely disc golf burnout where these top players will, will just not have it for a weekend or two and be trying to struggle to get back on their game. Um, so it is important to kind of have a balancing act. I know that's why a lot of like the top, top professionals are a little bit more selective of what events they want to play because they want that break in between to kind of recuperate and refresh themselves for the next big event that they're trying to win. So that, that's a big thing that's happening in the, in the sport nowadays is the, these big players are going out, flying out to events, playing it, flying back home for a week or two, and then going out and playing the next one because they want to be as strong and mentally and physically as possible to tackle each event. And yeah, there's definitely aware mm-hmm. to the grind of touring okay. full time. That's that. That's kind of what I figured. Um, well, Thomas, before we let you go, uh, do you want to give any shout outs or anything uh, coming up that, that we and our listeners should be aware of? Like give give us your shout out, go ahead and. and All right. And sounds good. Plug something. Um, I'll- I'll definitely shout out my Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Thomas Gilbert 54. Um, Be on the lookout. Hopefully I'll be posting some new YouTube content soon enough. So you can check me out on YouTube as well. And then of course, last but not least, uh, make sure to check out Prodigy Discs. Hopefully there'll be a lot of Thomas Gilbert products out there to purchase this year. And that helps me out on the road. So it would be much appreciated for you guys to check that out and support my, uh, my brand. It's, it's what puts me on the road out here, so it's it's definitely key. There you go, everybody. You, you heard it here. Go out and buy those tour series. Remember, support your pros. And, uh, Thomas, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, so, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, guys. So that was uh, Thomas Gilbert joining us. Thomas, thank you again so much for giving up your time uh, and chatting with us for a little bit. What a great interview. Definitely learned a lot. Spartan young kid. Um He's going places. He's going to have a great year uh, as well this year, along with Vanessa. Um, so, Thomas, if you're listening, thank you again for the interview, and we hope to catch up real soon. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's a student of the game, is what I'd say. He's really sort of interested in learning how to be, to get better, and he just, he just seems like a real nice lad. I'll, um, I'll stick with what I said on the interview. Um, I do feel like he's got he's got a big future. I mean, he's got he's got a big arm. He's got a big arm. Uh, I think he puts pretty well, and if he can refine certain aspects of his game, I I really feel like he could be there at the top of top of disc golf. Um, in a, in a few years, absolutely, I I agree with both of you guys. Uh, remember, he's gonna have a tour series disc coming out. Uh, so when it when that drops, go out and buy one. Remember, support your local pros. And once again, thanks, Thomas, for the interview. Now you do know they're not local. Well, yeah, they're not. They're they're not local, but you're, they're your pro. You're, it's like it's like support your local business, support your local pro. God, yeah. Support the support the pros. God, now he's giving me shit. No, it's pick on Bowen. It's not pick on me. Can I finally say something? Or are you going to butt in again? He's finally. Uh, so what I was we, we need to go. <laughs> Right, he's a prodigy player now, and I quite like prodigy. So I think now you two have gone to single disc bags or single brand bags. I think I might have to with prodigy. 
That's that's a bold move. I, I think I think our listeners are going to totally disagree with us playing uh, just one one company. I, I think most of our players are mixed bag, or most of our listeners are mixed bag players. I, I think I think I'll be mixed bag in all honesty still, but um, I'll be heavily um, heavily weighted towards MVP rather than just solely MVP. Um, but I've, I just I'm just a big fan of them, big fan of the discs. I really like them. Can I pick can I pick Prodigy but use Lunas as Potters? Is that allowed? <laughs> Is that allowed? No, the disc golf police are going to come and arrest you for not playing the same thing. Uh, no, I, I think I think you need to play. Everybody needs to play whatever disc they're comfortable with, whatever yes. they like. Right? Like, who are we to tell people what to play with, or uh, who are people to tell us? Like, we're going to play with what we like. Buy Discraft. <laughs> <laughs> Buy Discraft because it's the best. Anyways, uh, moving on. So uh, next week, or actually here, uh, wow, now is the Las Vegas Challenge. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, we're not. We're, we'll tell you guys the winners next week. However, we're gonna give our predictions. Right, we're not here to cover the actual tournament, but uh, since the season's starting and this is the season opener, let's go ahead and give our predictions. What do you guys think? Uh, Who's going to win? I've, I've been thinking about this. Why don't we? I, I mean, I haven't asked you yet, but why why don't we have a little wager on it? Yeah, I'm in. You know me. I'm a... I do, I do you, Ben. I'm a hardcore <laughs> gambler. Yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. I'm surprised you've actually suggested this because you're a time <laughs> I, I I am frugal with my money, um, but uh, I, I just think it'll be a bit of a bit of a laugh. Like, so, so are you are you too frugal for fifty pounds a week? Yes, absolutely too frugal. For that. <laughs> how about how about uh, how about ten percent of that? We'll say five pounds a week. Yeah, and we'll yeah. do we'll do a rolling pot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so if we if we don't pick the winner, it rolls over. It rolls over. So next week we'll put in another five until somebody wins, and then we'll, the pot starts again. What happens if at the end of the season none of us have picked any winners? We'll give it to charity. Oh, I like that. I like it. We'll give it. If nobody wins, we'll give it to charity. So, so here's a few rules, guys. Um, we're gonna pick MPO only. So for the bet is MPO only. Everybody gets one guess. The gift. God, God damn it! Everybody gets one guess. If you pick the same player and that player wins, then the pot is split between the two people that picked. Now, I, I say don't, you can't pick the same person. Can't pick the same person? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then uh, we will rotate who picks first every week. Yeah, that'll be best. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm picking first this week. I'm going to go first. I'm going to pick Calvin Heimberg. I think that I feel that Las Vegas is open. He's got a big arm. Uh I'm calling Calvin Heimberg for the win. Can I say we can ha- we can pick the same person? Because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> who I was going to pick. Uh, too um, late. Uh, ooh, I'm on the spot now. I will go... I'll go my favourite. I'll go Ricky. Ricky Wysocki. Okay, Ricky Wysocki. Okay, nice, nice. And I'm going to go for Austin Hannum because I've just picked up his old Discraft Force. Like I've just picked up a new Force, so... That's, I know he's not with Discraft anymore, okay. but right. I'm going to go wow. for it. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, up I feel like you're the underdog, Bowen, uh, but, I f- but I feel like you're the underdog in life as well, so you're used to it. <laughs> right. Are we going to do a women's selection as well? We, we, every week we will select uh, who we think is going to win the women's division. However, we're not going to put any money on it. Not that we don't want to bet on the women. Uh, I'm all for it. I'll put some money down. 
However, Duffy's Duffy's too damn tight. I do have two kids and a mortgage, so I don't want to be doing. I have I have two kids and I pay child support. Oh, you're a hero. <laughs> right, I'll go first then because I went last on that one. Paige Pierce, I'm gonna say. I think that's the I think that's the easy option. Wow, way way to think outside the box there. I think that. Well, I did win my first one. No, nobody picked Paul on the first one. I just realised. No. Ah, no, interesting. No, no, no. Well, that's 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 too obvious. I, that's isn't that's it? what I was thinking. I think that was too obvious. But Paul doesn't win every single tournament. I've got a better idea. I, I've just thought of this. You can't pick the same person twice. Two weeks in a row. Through the whole season. So I could pick Calvin next week, but Dennis couldn't, for instance. I, I say we can't pick the same person two weeks in a row. Because there's only going to be four people, four or five people that win. the. Because we're only yeah. doing disc golf pro tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only doing yeah, okay, the, like, okay. So you can't events. pick two people back to back. Perfect. Okay. Um, so for my female, uh, well, FBO player, I'm going to go with Katrina Allen. I thought she did really well on the weekend. And um, I feel like she's capable of being Paige on her day. So I'll, I'll go with her. If her if her putting is on fire, she, she'll be the one that beats Paige. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. her putting's hit and miss. So we will see. I, on the other hand, uh, I'm going for the young gun for the... Uh, Last year's Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship winner, Miss Haley King. Uh, that's what I think I'm going to take. That's who's going to take it. She, uh, she, she's Disc Craft, isn't she? She is Disc Craft. That, that, oh, I thought she was. That has nothing to do oh, with my oh, no. choice. Oh, there's, 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 Hashtag no. Disc Craft sign me, please. <laughs> um, no, but uh, she's, she's, she's a great player. She's confident. Um, I'm actually listening to another podcast from a couple months ago talking about her. Uh, I'm excited to see what she does. So, first real tournament, I'm, I'm calling Haley. I think she's going to win. Are you listening to rival podcasts? Um, is it a rival podcast if they're bigger, better, and been doing it longer than us? Any podcast is a rival. You, you heard it. You heard it here first. Right. Join join us next week when me and Bowen are going to be talking <laughs> about. Um... <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. So uh, next week's we're we're bringing hot takes back. We're going to have a full episode of Hot Takes, uh, but this one's going to be a little bit different. We want uh, you guys, the listeners, to give us our hot take, hot take topics. So send messages to our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, leave a voice message on our Instagram. Uh, we will pick a bunch of those. Actually, Duffy will pick a bunch of those. And uh, we're going to use those as our hot takes next week. Uh, sh- are we are we coming in blind? Are we, me and you, Dennis? Um, we will discuss it during the week. I don't know yet. Uh, haven't figured that part out. But we want, we're going to do hot takes for sure. Uh, we'll have a couple of good ones. Um, so yeah, that's going to be our show for next week. Uh, before I leave you though, hey, listen, everybody. So COVID's been going on for a year now. This lockdown has been going on for two months, and we at least have another month to go. Um, some of us are lucky enough to get out and go play. Some of us are lucky enough to have families. But remember your friends, your coworkers, your other disc golfers who may not be that lucky. Check on your friends. Check on the people you know. Make sure everybody's doing well. And let's give a, let's do this one last push till the end of March so that we can go and play disc golf and be a community again. Yeah, I think I think it's important. I mean, Boris spoke at the start of the week, didn't he? Um, saying sort of laying out the, the groundwork for coming out of lockdown. I think it's just important we all try and stick to it as best we can to try and make sure there's no more sort of setbacks and uh, get back to some sort of normality, I suppose. Yeah, that and just for me, it's it's more checking up on, on people's mental health, right? Not everybody has families. Yeah. Not Some people are sitting in their house by themselves 
without anybody to talk to, without anywhere to go. Uh, so if you know anybody like that, check on your friends. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we'll all we'll all come through this together. And we'll see you all at the first tournament of the year. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to us again. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Remember, keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Thanks for listening to In the Chains. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Until next time, keep it in the chains.